Okay, we've got a familiar uh, name, familiar voice. Welcome back to the Chillinoy podcast, Miggy. What's up, brother? So, uh, Miggy, go ahead and remind uh, listeners that, that maybe didn't listen to our podcast with you or, or maybe aren't aware of who you are. R- remind us, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, no, uh, I'm in a weird space, man. Like, you know, I've been fighting for the plant since I was 17, 16, actually. And, uh, you know, early on making donations to like in high times when high times was good. Uh, there was lots <laughs> of good shit in there. And so then, you know, I, I uh, needed a job and I joined the military. Uh, I actually helped uh, get signatures for Pop 215, you know, back in the day, like when uh, wow. I was probably like 18, 19. Needed to get a job, you know. And uh, uh, at that time, I, I went from East Coast to West Coast a lot back and forth because my roots are in the West Coast, but uh, I did high school on the East Coast. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, back and forth, uh, get signatures, Pop 215. Um, then I went to the Navy and for 10 years, uh, off and on, I'd smoke, but, you know, I couldn't do any. It, when you're in the military, they say you you fight for freedom, but you don't have any rights. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So so th- did that, and then I got out, and, and then learned about the fucking wonderful world of what was going on with cannabis. The ten years that I was in, it's kind of like being in prison. And then you get out, and you see uh, the Emerald Cup and uh, uh, medical. And it's funny too because I was stationed in Washington State, where I live now, for six years. Yeah. And during that time, they had medical and Seattle Hemp Fest, which I didn't know was fucking happening. And I was up uh, about three miles north. But it really, it's funny how culture, like with cannabis culture, you're like, you know, I wasn't trying to put myself in a circle uh, or put myself out there when I was in the military just because uh, I spoke on the goddamn having a job, you know? Like, yeah. The weed's always going to be there, but the money, you got to learn how to get it. Right. So uh, you're from Cannabis Legalization News. You uh, do a show with Tom Howard, uh uh, cannabis industry lawyer and uh, Lauren producer Lauren she does a great job at um, getting you guys awesome guests I gotta give a shout out to an upcoming guest that you guys have coming on uh, what did you say what was his name weed Jesus is that what you said he was <laughs> brother yeah tomorrow morning man we're gonna uh, do a pre-recorded I was really nervous to speak to him because you know uh, Tommy Chung has always been a uh, a figurehead in your life right it's kind of like yeah. uh uh, you know, when you see the teacher out of school, you're like, what the fuck? What, 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 yeah. what is what this? <laughs> yeah. <Your> life. <laughs> or, or, or how come everybody's not celebrating my birthday? So like when I started dig deep into like uh, Tommy Chung, I always had a perception of this like uh, dope head, man, like the like the mm-hmm. dude, but in real life, you come know, on, like, man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but it's just a fucking act, dude. The guy's a fucking genius. Like next level, uh, you know, as a Canadian, he actually. um uh own property even before like because he was in the music uh he had an rb hit with a, a band and then uh reinvested his money and that's when they got the the burlesque shit so yeah i'm looking forward to like talking about that shit with him tomorrow and then uh oh, yeah. yeah i mean we get great guests we had keith strop on danny danko um and then really anybody i think that's where my roots come into play as far as the the cln and, and i think our our chemistry i've been blogging for 10 years on cannabis like after I got out of the Navy, uh, uh, I, I went to Tucson and, and worked for Raytheon, uh, the missile defense place. And mm-hmm. uh, I was like, woo, I'm out. And I don't got to I'm going to smoke weed. And, uh, uh, you know, the thing is, it's so fucked up. Like a grocery job will piss test you randomly off and on for some bullshit. Yeah. But like working for missile defense and, and I was making pretty good money, uh, you know, DOD contractor. Uh, they piss you the one time. And then after that, it, if you get hurt, 
don't get hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right. that's what pissed has come. But it's so fucked up how we do that drug policy, right? Like, the only reason why they did that was because of the DOD con- contract, right? We got this bullshit regulation that's not really saving or protecting or preventing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, just cost. It's just another cost. But yeah, so I got out uh, Navy, went to Raytheon, and then uh, when I try to get weed, I couldn't get weed, dude. Like, I could find cocaine everywhere. I yeah. found coke at bars. I found people. Uh, I was talking to you on the side. You're like, okay, go. What Can what area go? were you Tucson. living in? Tucson, Arizona. Okay. Yeah. So the cocaine is, was an easy thing to find, but cannabis oh, now. Fucking everywhere. But the, and this is before the legalization, before right. uh, before Arizona did theirs. And uh, I, I what I was told, the biggest reason why, because another thing was kind of weird is uh, it's a big flat area. Tucson's a big flat city. And uh you go from point A to point B, you see a lot of homeless in corners. Turns out a lot of those guys are mules that were selling like heroin at the spot. So you can pick up if you wanted to shit. There's a lot of things that are in front of you that you just don't realize. Hmm. And uh, uh, I was talking, he feels like, how come I can't find any fucking weed? And uh, a big portion is a lot of the weed gets pushed north. It gets, it, it gets taken out of Tucson so they can, you know, there's more money out in, in America, you know, in the, in the yeah. deep woods. And then uh, the other thing is, uh, the penalties at the time they were more harsh on people when they caught people for weed than they are for cocaine and the heroin like there was this big and, and a lot of it i think had to do with the cartel money because cartels are making money on the american side they're not making it on the on the mexican side yeah you know so uh, the cannabis is a huge export for the cartels or it was at the one point because more people are willing to deal weed than they are coke and all the other shit like right you know, as Americans, you'll find more pot dealers than you'll find any other thing, everything else. But like when I was doing it back in the day, I was I had my my lines like I'd always I would sell weed and psychedelics. But I draw my line at like Coke and shit like that, just because I'm not trying to, you know, uh, make the world a worse place. <laughs> right. I was just looking up uh, to see if I could find this article. I think uh, smuggling actually smuggling of cannabis went down after legalization uh, let's see if i can find the uh uh headline uh looks like it may have been an older article uh from the washington post federal marijuana smuggling is declining in the era of legal weed maybe maybe i'm remembering something incorrectly but um yeah like you say it's uh it's the cartel is going to supply the demand right yeah. anybody's going to supply the demand it's it's an opportunity and um it's it's really fascinating how that whole trade works but um yeah i wanted to make sure that right out of the gate people knew you were from cannabis legalization news you can find uh, cannabis legalization news at cannabis legalization news.com facebook.com slash free thc is that right yeah okay cool cool so yeah if you guys want to get on the facebook group they got dank memes and all that so um yeah well i want to take you back to your early activist days did you say you were seven when you were doing stuff for prop 215 what how old no no uh the the i wasn't until like 18 19 for that but when i was 16 17 i was buying high times and there was like uh you know you can only do you have to make what you can what you what you got by your means right um you know everybody thinks you got to go all these fucking marches and shit but you just do what you can so like at 16 17 what i could do was send five bucks to a donation for you know i was i was a very always been a, a dreamer right like i donated a green piece uh and then there was a, a an article i read in high times with this uh she was running for governor of hawaii kiko bonk boink and uh her her platform was legalization 
Like that was, I was like, all right, you got my money. Like, you know, yeah. that's, and uh, so that was my, my early times. And then uh, prop 215, when I was trying to look for a job, like a 1920, I answered that in a paper that said, uh, and this is how you learn more about the fucking process too. Like how fucking fucked it is. Cause uh, I answered that in a paper, legalize weed and, and, and uh, uh, you know, change the world. Fuck yeah. I'm going to make money, legalize weed. And then yeah. it turns out you had to gather like X amount of signatures a day and, uh you turn over the signature you don't even get the money that day or whatever you had to wait and so in southern california i was a dirty hippie dude like i had dreadlocks past my shoulders uh i uh and this is the reason why i joined the navy too is because i uh i just smoked weed and it was on a beach all day like i literally wanted to be just a fucking beach poet but like turns out chicks like guys with jobs and money and you know (laughs) and not just chicks but people looking for some other significant other or whatever you know yeah. So and then I had no skill set. My, my, my skill set was like destroying things because I'd work in construction. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but other than that, there was no future for me. So that's why I joined the military and uh, just figured give it a break for a little bit. But so how old were you when you joined the military? 23. 23. OK, so you just you kind of were like enough's enough. I kind of want to get I want to get my life together, develop some skills. I'm going to serve in the yeah. armed forces. That was it, dude. I mean, like, you know, it's funny, too, is I first I joined the first I tried to join the because uh, I went for the easiest because I was not going to get shot at. Uh, yeah. My, my grandfather's a retired Marine. And uh, uh, when I eventually joined the Navy, we we joke at each other because he called me like squid and shit. And I'd be like, all right, they're bullet catcher. Because I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, man, it was like so I, I first tried to go to the uh, Air Force and mm-hmm. the Air Force goes, do you have a record? I was like, well, I got caught shoplifting when I was like 13. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I'm writing, because that's how I got my, how people, so how people know who I am, there's, there's two people, there's mostly prisoners and, and people who are going through a fucked up thing, because like my name and address is some sort of circuits out there. Like I've gotten letters from prisoners looking for help. And, you know, that's what I devote a lot of my time to is trying to give hope. But the other thing is uh, you get overwhelmed too, because you can't help anyone. There's so many of these fucking people locked up for the fucking plant. And then the other thing is the blogging that I'm telling you about the 10 years. So that's how people know who I am is either trying to help someone locked up behind bars or threatening them or someone going through a fucked up situation like with CPS or something. Uh, you know, there's just always just these different ways our lives are getting fucked up with over this plant. And so I've, I've, I try to use my position, my civilian position. Um, I used to be a, a assistant manager of a, a Cal lab. And I actually used my title in their email shit in letters to judges trying to uh, sway uh, uh, perceptions and, and opinions, because that's the thing that uh, in my early, uh, like, say, within the past 10 years uh, with the blogging comes like uh, the advocating and start showing up to a court. Like if someone's going to a trial, that's called court support. If you as a human being, as a citizen, show up, the judge looks at you and sees you and goes, all right, people are showing up for this asshole, right? Like whatever the case is, or even like clemencies and pardons. What we'll do is we'll gather signatures at these different events that we go to. And you send that packet to the white house. The thing is everything that has to go through the white house, everything that has a process that's uh, let's say, uh, let's say legitimate or put has its protocols. Mm-hmm. And so when you send a, a 1600 packet, 16 page, 1600, a thousand page packet, uh, each one's a different signature with the same sentence saying, dear Mr. President, please free such and such person. Somebody has to log that. Somebody has to spend their time to go, okay, I got a 1600 page fucking blah, blah, blah. And here's all someone. And then 
that person eventually gets pissed off enough they tell another person and the whole so that's how you know last what uh with the trump and shit it's funny i think I, I, it's a sad joke dude but covid freed more pot prisoners than any of these presidents have like people yeah. want to be like oh well, trump did it no trump didn't do shit mm-hmm. trump, covid did it <laughs> you know because yeah. the, the thing was a lot of those prisoners that got free were people i've been advocating for for years there's a quadriplegic in that yeah. fucking thing like how do you lock a man up who can't walk can't he's a wheelchair for a grow like he's some sort of mafioso and then right. i think he's served like 20 years that's michael peltier uh but yeah i mean there's just like this is the system's so fucked up and that's what i was talking about like how you learn how you know it's easier to put someone behind bars than it is to free them and that's what i'm finding out and that's why with cln i think you know we're trying to navigate policy we're trying to show people like it sucks but yet here's like you can do in your state or even federally here's the conversation we want to keep going but no man there's so much fucked up in this shit you know yeah, I got to give a shout out to you guys' show. That's what I love. That is what I love about your show. Uh, folks that are listening that on by chance aren't from Illinois, Cannabis Legalization News uh, is great because they cover the United States and abroad. I've seen you guys, I think, cover thing, you know, different things that are happening abroad. Tom, uh, once again, is a lawyer. He does sessions for different states. I see that all the time. I think he was doing one for New Jersey the other day because they're getting yeah. into the ring, you know. So uh, I just wanted to give your show a shout out with regard to that because it's not uh, like our show is pretty Illinois focused, you know. Um, cannabis le- cannabis legalization news is about cannabis legalization, you know, and, and kind of a broad stroke. And I, I yeah. really love that about it. Yeah. Well, and I think like what you guys offer, it's all about culture. I mean, we all have our uh, uh, thing that we offer. Hold on a second. That was a burp. Uh, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> drinking these carbonated waters, dude. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, and, and I, I think it's so funny how people, I'm watching this thing on YouTube. You know, obviously, you know, I'm familiar with YouTube because that's a, our predominant uh, with the channel and the podcast. And, and uh, uh, but with like, say the, um, the Facebook page, you know, it has 300,000 likes on it, but that didn't start off as a cannabis legalization news, Facebook page. That just started out as a marijuana is unconstitutional. That's Tom being a lawyer part. And then he yeah. hit me up 10 years ago saying, Hey, can you help me admin this thing? Like, you know, and so that's when I started doing memes and shit. And this conversation is so fucked up and infuriating most of the time that I just stare stupid shit most of the time. Like I, I was like, you know, I'm not just going to flood the world with a bunch of stupid memes and stuff that <laughs> hopefully make people laugh. And because everything else about this thing is fucked up. I mean, uh, this past three months, I think I've shared already three articles about three different fucking shootings, deaths because of cannabis, like because of the cops. Right. Like. That's not the fun side, but it's also an important side of that we need to keep talking, need to keep highlighting. Um, you know, everybody wants to treat the world like this big fucking fox news on one side slash msnbc on the other side but it's both sides are bullshit you got to find that that middle like uh progressive like yes this is good for everybody you know things can be a win-win oh yeah and back to the youtube thing i was talking about so uh the drama there um i'm listening to i don't know if you're familiar with the h3 uh frenemies podcast you know these guys are big youtubers and there's this big youtuber uh david dobrik you familiar with him uh Nothing. apparently he's a piece of shit because uh he let this rape happen on his watch like these oh. guys these these guys get their uh social media clicks and become like powerhouses right 
cannabis has that going against it right now. Like I've been a part of several projects. Like we, we, we built up and we had good momentum for just being a, a place for people to come check out uh, influencers and other writers and whatever. And each time something fucked up happens, mostly greed, mostly somebody in the background. Cause like working with Tom, my name is not on anything. Like he's the one doing all the financials and shit. I'm just trying to be the, the content entity uh, yeah. until, until we get bigger on. But because uh, once the website right now, there's a lot of code stuff going on. And once that hits perfectly, it's going to slap with the SEO because the guy doing the SEO for this one is a guy that um, did the SEO. So my first blogging was a website called the Weblog, which a lot of drama behind that because the guys who started it are not behind it no more. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the people behind it are just a bunch of assholes now. But the, that at its peak was getting a million unique hits a month. We were getting more hits than high times. And a lot of it, I wow. think, had to do because we were on the early internet times. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it was a time where you could just, if you were smart enough to grab that URL, marijuana.com, you automatically had a million dollars. Like, yeah. somebody was going to buy that from you. And, uh, uh, and that's what happened. You know, that guy went on, I think, sold that to Weed Maps, I think, or some shit. But, and you can always look that shit up. But we had a million kids. We we're pulling a lot of traffic, but I was just doing my, um, my writing, my, um, uh, I like to say like, it's like lifestyle shit where I just talk about how, yeah, today I smoked a joint and did laundry. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very anticlimactic, like marijuana, cannabis the conversation really is right. We've turned it into this gangster bullshit, right? Uh, it's just nothing gangster about the plant, you know, except for the law. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, but, oh, so that's what I'm trying to provide though. So you got that YouTube version of it, but I've always been trying to do like a cannabis version of where people can come get the content like when you guys once the, once the site flushes out you guys are more than welcome to contribute and shit like that like sure. there's gonna be a bunch of day ones who always have you know like just hit me up on the email and I'll, I'll i'll we'll create a login for you and shit but yeah i appreciate as that, we build, yeah but it's a billion dollar industry dude if you think about it just in your state it's a billion yeah and all the legal states is 20 billion the media is going to be the gatekeepers of the goddamn conversation right, right? like these assholes like i was thinking how you know, I'm very buy local, support local, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's gonna, that goes along the lines of buy American, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and the reason why you do this is so like, say this yesterday, I bought a six pack of beer and I stopped at this shitty little mini mark on my house. And I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna stop there instead of 7-Eleven, even if I pay two bucks more. Yep. And then I started thinking more about it. And, and, and this can transcend the cannabis too, because like you spend a dollar at your local convenience store owned by somebody in your neighborhood that dollar 90 percent of it stays local because he's going to reinvest that money into uh more product or he's going to reinvest into his rent or he's going to reinvest it to his business like needs which are local like a lawyer mm-hmm. that's local whereas you spend that dollar in walmart 90 percent of it goes out because it's supporting the the, the uh you know the, the corporate lawyer the corporate right. hr now take that same thinking with cannabis and all the laws that we have going on right now, like with true leave, uh, the Crescos, the shit that you have these big companies that are in charge of everything. We buy our weed from it because we have to, but how much of that money is staying local? Like even though it's making billions of dollars, yeah, most of it's going to Canada or fucking Israel. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the opposite of legalization and regulation for American people. You right. know, We've created this restricted market that enables rich people, period. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah no, it's just Fucked something I'm thinking about. 
yeah, we have to analyze the situation we're creating, at least people in the, in the, in the recreational market. Because if they really want, because once this blows, whatever bill passes and becomes federally, uh, I don't even say it will, it will become legal federally. It's going to be uh, more like descheduled or uh, decriminalized yeah. federally, I believe, right? There's Now we're not going to put our enforcement towards it. But still, you're not going to have a bunch of shops popping up. Right. And now's the time to think about what to do when that happens, because if you keep putting your money to the Crescos and all the other shit. You're still not helping one Americans and two the plant. Well, and I just think it's crazy. And uh, your home state, Washington, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You guys can't grow. Right. Correct. Oh, yeah. Silly. Uh, it's off the. So not even uh, medical patients, right? Oh, medical can. Oh, OK. Well, that's a little reasonable. A little, yeah. I mean, like they, Illinois. Yeah. They get 15 plants. But see, the thing is. Medical in Washington used to be like Oklahoma. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in Oklahoma, you just got to be a state resident and have probably about $10,000 cash. You can open a store or a garden. Right. And that's the bar opposed to all the other states like Illinois, where you need to get those licenses and uh, hope you have half a million dollars and win that lottery. Yeah. You know, that barrier is fucked up. Uh, Washington, I used to be able to get clones. Uh, all kinds of stuff out here, but I never worried about that because the product was always so good. Yeah, yeah. It was the essential uh, capitalism because there was fair market. Uh, people were, and it was also a gray area too because people would hold, like, say you, they charge you twenty dollars for a gram, then they're gonna like, oh well, now we gotta give you a five percent tax on top of that because mm-hmm. everybody was trying to make up their own rules as they went along, and. That's what recreational kind of helped with, but at the same time, they, we shot ourselves in the dick when it comes to how a market should be, because yeah. Oklahoma is the, the real model. And I think like Pennsylvania, if they get that small craft way going, I don't know if you're familiar with what they were trying to do, but no. they're trying to do legalization and to eliminate the the legacy market, they're gonna uh, open it up with a small craft license. So like, if I wanted to grow like ten plants and walk it to a store, I can pay for that small craft license, grow my weed, get it tested, and then sell it to the store. Wow, which was, cool. Yeah, I mean, no, it totally eliminated black market. Yeah, uh, well, that's the thing. The, the, mar- the black market here in Illinois is still very much alive uh, because prices are so high. And there's only like 20 people growing it. So, uh, But yeah, back to Oklahoma, definitely a model for what I think a state should be. I don't know if you knew about this, and I'm not sure exactly when it goes into it, into effect. But in Oklahoma, if your store or I think cultivation center is not making five thousand dollars a month, you're gonna lose your license. Which is an what? interesting, yeah, interesting uh, thing. Like I said, I don't know when it's coming up. Maybe I should, maybe I can Google it really quick. The only reason I know about this is because Justine. Um, my co-host uh, yeah. su- supports several dispensaries in Oklahoma. Um, oh, with their seed to sale software. Right um, on. So let me see here. Uh, $5,000 in sales dispensaries, Oklahoma. See if I can find anything on it. Um, I think it affects, like I say, 5,000 or uh, dispensaries and cultivation centers. Um, I can't find it right now, but folks, if I find the, uh, information, I'll be sure to post about it on our social media. 
Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of, it was a little sad to hear. I mean, on one hand, I suppose it, I suppose it makes some sort of sense if you're not making at least 5,000 a month. No, it doesn't make sense. But... Stop fucking placating, man. It doesn't like you're not making a limit on it. Liquor stores. Like True. this is bullshit. You know what I heard? I heard the licenses were peaking. I heard there's a plateau of, of the stores popping up. Like now you got the more fair market competing mm-hmm. with each other and, and people who suck are getting you know out. But that's ridiculous to set a requirement that I have to make this much money to be. Yeah, you make a, a great point that there's not really uh, any other business that, that has that requirement. You know, like, I mean, hey, if you don't make this, we're taking your license away. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like worthy. <laughs> If you're a doctor, you don't check enough what breast and, and peckers. Like what <laughs> kind of bullshit fucking? And that's the problem Metric, with cannabis, yeah. right? I'm just saying, yeah, it's just a, uh, it's something with, with the shadow ban and uh, uh, the policy that comes in place. Because a lot of times, you know, we're fucked with because it's a low hanging, low priority issue for most people. Why? Because oh, it's just weed. That's fucking bullshit. It's yeah. just that's the worst excuse and worst way to think. You know, when you have people sitting behind bars, when you have people have the kids taken away, when you when you have better options for addiction and all the other stuff, like yeah. you know, cannabis won't fix everything, but goddamn it, it'll fucking I mean, make it you, a lot better. Could you imagine to be behind bars right now, knowing that cannabis is for sale in almost over half of the states and it's just mad. It kills them, dude. I I I, I talked to them. I, I I listened to these guys, and they're like, yeah. And, and even along with that, are the ones who got arrested, like Luke Carmozo, who had a legal store in California, and still yeah. serving, I think, a twenty year sentence. And you know, it's like, or even my friend Lance Gore, who I went to his trial and I witnessed all the evidence, which was just pot. It's, and he was doing everything right. And that's the thing is like. We're pun- we punish these people during these legal times in, in the recreational in different states. Like even right now in uh, Missouri, my friend Adela Wisdom is going through prosecution for, uh, I think, six plants that aren't. They weren't even fucking flowering or nothing. Like technically, they're still hemp. Yeah. <laughs> when they fucking ripped these plants off from three years ago. That's the other thing. Just, where's the fucking justice of speedy? Like, I think a lot of these cops and shit, they fuck with people. And then they wait. All right. All right. Yeah. We're not gonna, we got your money, we got your shit, but let's just wait another year just in case they might legalize it. And then, uh, we're not gonna have a case, which is fucking horrible thinking. Like, you know, you're not, there's not saving anybody, they're not making the world better, not making America better. It, it's, 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 uh, it's unfortunate, man. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It dilutes the, um, it dilutes what their actual role is, which is to protect and serve. If you think about, what the war on drugs actually is it's a reason for them to arrest you put their hands on you because you have a baggie of some sort of substance on you it's just so crazy when when you think about the fact that they 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 are there to protect and serve you you know it yeah you would think but uh, you know in in the end you have these cops who make up their own rules too like uh you know, like the mask mandate shit. Like, how does this mm-hmm. become a political issue? Like, like, can we all just not get spit around each other? Like, just, yeah. just wear the fucking thing. Then you got the cops saying, like, oh, it's about liberty, so we're not gonna, we're not gonna force it. Or 
or tell See, people to do things. And that's just such a stupid thing because it's like their their argument is always like it's not it's not as effective as they say. And it's like, okay, well, when I sneeze in my elbow, that's not as effective. It's it doesn't stop the whole sneeze. It doesn't make the sneeze go away. But you know what it does do? It's it's what it is. It's courteous. And it yeah. it, it contains the sneeze right and so if you have a mask over your face i mean it's just you you can see uh graphics of it people have posted like where they show the fumes coming out of your face and you can see that it is yes it comes out in plumes it has to come out right but it does contain your you know what's coming out of your mouth yeah well you're you ever seen a meme though where the guy uh you know the difference of wearing a mask i mean you 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 wear a mask it's like here i am i'm gonna pee on you no pants on you know, pee yeah. comes out. Now I want to pee with pants on. Look, it stays right here. You know, and that's the thing is, with these cops, these these dickheads are, are picking and choosing the laws they're going to reinforce or whatever. Well, let's start with the best one. You know, prohibition. Like this is yeah. the worst one. Like, and it all has to do with just again, fucking. It's it's just weed. It's just pot. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's more than that. <laughs> it's right. so much more, man. I mean, that's why I got involved with uh, when I was a kid. Is because I. I uh, I was raised by a single mom who uh, uh, was still a party person because she was 17, 18, you know, like I've grown up with adults around me getting way fucked up on stupid shit. And then I see the ones that just smoke the weed. and You're like, something's not right here. Like that's legal. That's not, um, you know, you, you start processing and, and that's, that's how we're making this world better is by just saying, look, can we just get our priorities straight? You know? So, um, when you got out of the military, you're in Tucson, Arizona. You're having a hard time finding cannabis. You can find other things. Um, what what happens next in your life? When when you know any major major milestones between then and getting on cannabis legalization news? Yeah, well, uh, so I did find weed. I, I uh, uh, you know that that's part of stuff that I would blog about because uh, that's when I met the guys, the originators for the weed blog was when I was in Tucson. Cause I was looking for a place to an outlet to, to post things. Uh, I was working night shift and I would come home, everybody's asleep. And so that was early day YouTube's like, like when YouTube would upload and I, I used to sort by recent uploads, mm-hmm. you know, cause I just want to see the newest shit. Cause sometimes people would post stupid shit like, Oh shit, I shouldn't have posted that. Like I want that <laughs> real time flavor. Give me that. Hell Give me yeah. That, just like that real and that, Man, that's you know, classic YouTube. Yeah, dude. Before, uh, 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 I mean, just just very early days, and uh, um, because I like Phil DeFranco. That's how I got turned on to him. I'd be watching his shit early days, and uh, uh, oh, man, I can't even think of like it's uh, uh, what was it uh, Ebom Ebom's World, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. that website, like all that shit back in the early days. You know, uh, uh, Newgrounds. I was always been an internet type, like want to be involved in shit, uh, understanding, and that that's. Another reason, so like right now, if you were to Google Miggy 420, look at the images. It took me 10 years to get to that point. Like uh, it used to be if you Googled Miggy 420, it'd be like me and this boxer. And like it'd be mostly his shit. But now like all it's all my shit now. It, it took The digital uh, footprint is important. I've always known that part about like what I've been doing as far as the blogging. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really wish I had a cooler name like Method Man. But like Miggy 420 was my gaming tag. Like this is my Halo name. <laughs> and uh, I just started like when I started doing the blogging and the writing, uh, I just never decided to change it because it was my gaming tag. And I just, you know, just easier thoughts. 
far as like I'm not gonna create a new persona or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, yeah. But uh, um, yeah, that's how that got started. And then yeah, uh, folks. Um, so if you want to see who what Miggy looks like, if you don't, if you if you haven't seen him on cannabis legalization news, Google Miggy 420, and you'll see some pictures. Uh, I just did it myself, and yeah, plenty of pictures and, of you on there. And you'll you'll find a bunch of articles that I've written because that's where uh, I guess my weight in the cannabis right like. Uh, I, I've got all this cannabis content out there that I've only gotten paid like once. And I was like 50 bucks by this guy for Sativa Online magazine. And uh, he was trying to do like this whole professional outfit of like, I got to pay the writers and shit, but you only paid me like 10 bucks an hour, dude. It was like, that doesn't pay bills. I'm just here to get my name out, get the message out, all this other shit. And, uh, you know, it, it worked out for the most part. It's just, uh, it was weird how we evolved. Like, like I told you in, in early in the green room, I didn't intend to be on camera at all. Like, yeah. camera was not the thing i i uh i kissed myself more of an internet troll you know I was, i've been a very good internet troll matter of fact i uh i like to say like you know because people always ask me what i do and i was like it's hard to say because i think i pissed off the right people like when i was in lance Flores trial i have an article that was submitted as state's evidence because uh his uh ex-girlfriend that was there to testify against them didn't like how i referred to her in the article the week prior because it was a week-long trial mm-hmm. and uh I refer to her as like this Puerto Rican Barbie because she looked, she was a, like a showgirl in Vegas. Yeah. Like you imagine like this four foot tall, even short with high heels still. <laughs> I mean, just, just plastic all over. And uh, the, the, the court was like, yeah, you know, that's his opinion. You can't sue him for that. But they were still submitted into the state's rights because they realized I was writing about the trials that went along. Um, it's wild shit to, to, to see how people can get fucked with in the system. You know, like talking to Tommy Chung tomorrow, I'm really interested to hear about his, you know, he did a year stint and it had nothing to do with him. It was his kid. His kid started the company and, uh, uh, you know, but under his brand, like, I'm like, fuck yeah. If my, if I ever had a, if Biggie 420 got big enough and my kid wanted to make something I'm like, yeah, go for it, dude. If you can make money off my name and do it. But and that's yeah. essentially what happened with him. And then the fed said, look, we're going to uh, put your kid and your wife in jail. If you don't say it's yours. And, that's essentially what happened. He got railroaded. Like, wow, that's the system, man. <laughs> like, this is what we're up against. And in different parts of, uh, uh, I did a. Have you seen the? Have you seen our uh, friend Luke from Frame of Flower? I don't YouTube? think I have. No. He's a good cat. But we uh, we had a talk about the other day about uh, uh, the the Biden administration, how they just fired uh, some of those people. Yeah. And, and I was like, dude, you know, the thing about my activism is, uh, well, there's a couple things. One is if it's all plant related, you're not guilty, right? Like, I'm just not even going to argue. Like, if there's a gun, you know, that's no big deal because you got to defend yourself. But if you had like a, a pound of cocaine with it and a pound of heroin, I'd be like, dude, there's more involved here than just the weed. Like, you know, and I would not support you. But uh, the, the thing is, why I've been so adamant and so uh, aggressive towards fighting people and mad, um, it's the ability to make you disappear. You know, like, like we have people just because you spark up and light a plant and speak about it. There's people willing to fuck with you. Like have you behind bars, not care about you. Uh, and God forbid you're brown or black. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then you're a target when you walk into a town. Like I've s- traveled the country. I've done all this shit. I've been apprehensive and uh, you know, it, it's gotten a lot better, but it's still not, you know, it's still a low hanging fruit for me to be like, I smell a crime, you know? And, uh that's why i get so mad and been doing it and uh 
just so adamant about how fucked up we need to change, you know, and it's not good for my blood pressure, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, just speaking of the white house story, I wanted to share a perspective from our friend Canabev, who's been on our show before. And I actually was on your guys' show. Um, great, great interview. So check that out, folks. Uh, Canabev was on cannabis legalization news. Um, he posted about, um, the white house staffers being asked, asked to resign. And he said, clearly those potheads could never have gotten to this point of their careers using cannabis. They couldn't have put together their resume, accomplished impressive projects or be passionate about positive change to their computer uh, community and country. Nope. Potheads can't do this. Now, if they were raging alcoholics, well, not a problem. And that's just so true. Right. Well, hell, we just had a goddamn Brett Kavanaugh. I like beer. I yeah. like beer. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Like this right. is our conversation. And then at the same time, those same assholes supporting that dickhead are gonna be like, Well, you smoke pot, you go to jail. Mm-hmm. There's no if ands or buts. It's it's such bullshit when uh, excuse me. Yeah, they're fucking bubble teas. Um, but it's just such bullshit. Even with cannabis people, where I'll be sharing some stories in that free TA street group and uh, uh so the recent ones I was telling you about, like the vice one where this kid got some uh, weed mailed to him, uh, I think in Louisiana from California, right? Uh, not the Braz kid. If you think about like anything to the mail, it's automatically yeah. federal. Cross yeah. state line, you're automatically federal. I don't care who you are, what you do. Sorry, folks. If it crosses state lines, it's weed still illegal. But so he got some sent to him and the cops showed up at his house, confiscated. The guy has also a fake leg, might, might add. He's missing a leg. He's got huh. a prosthetic leg. So he, he's taking it for his pain and shit like the cannabis and so they confiscated shit asset forfeiture his his car his money uh now he's still got a trial pending and uh uh you know this is that and so some of the comments in there were like well he should have known that this was doesn't matter doesn't matter because they shouldn't have fucking taken his shit away they shouldn't have fucked with his life over this 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 potential medicine this even if it wasn't medicine if it's not if it was alcohol i mean it, all use is medicinal use it makes your day better yeah <laughs> You know, just the bottom line is you're not hurting anybody. Like, why are people so concerned uh, about, you know, making sure you don't have cannabis? And one of the things I'm glad that that I like that you guys drill the point home on, even in states where cannabis is, quote unquote, legal, it's not legal. You've got possession limits. um, And if you supersede those or exceed those, I think that would be a more accurate way of saying that. you're in trouble. I mean, in Illinois, if you have over 30 grams, I think on the first time it's a warning, the second time it's a felony, you lose Ooh. your right to vote still. Damn. Think of, I mean, the fact that you can lose your right to vote for something that's legal. And the, the thing I always think about is like, it's funny that we as normal people have possession limits while if for in Illinois, there's, you know, the 20 ish cultivators, they don't have possession limits at all. They pack the truck full, they bring it to the fucking dispensary and they sell it. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're only able to buy it in quantities of 30 because somehow anything more than that's dangerous. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the, the rationale is. Cause like you imagine, I like that you bring up, like if you apply that to alcohol, how would it be? So let's apply that to alcohol. If somebody came in your house, it's like, you have a 24 pack. You're only allowed to have a 12 pack. And it's like, what? Seriously. You know? that, that, that's the thing. We, we said all these arbitrary numbers, like this thing that we're 
trying to, to protect you from you, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like it's funny here, it's a it's an ounce limit, right? I think it's a, it's an ounce of flour plus plus uh, sixteen grams of concentrate. So I think it's sixteen grams. It's a pretty high. Like I don't do a lot of concentrate. Sure. And, and uh, uh, edibles. It was like another fifty grams of edibles, something like that. But like the the one ounce flour thing kills me because sometimes when I before I go camping, I'm gonna stock up. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it, it, it's it's at least a corporate look. I had a uh, so you know last week we had Tommy Chung on or we were, we were going to have him on and uh, uh, technical difficulties, which was kind of nerve wracking because you could see the little thing spinning and it said Tommy Chung. And you're like, oh, yeah. but I tell my kids he had grandpa issues. But uh, <laughs> I mean, really, I, I can't wait to talk to him. But uh, uh, hell yeah, I got my first kind of sponsor, which would be uh, at my level. Cause I, I'm still trying to work the business side of things as far as like how I make money. I just want to gather people and get that traffic and eyeballs. Like to me, this is like an ego thing. Like, look what I created. Ha 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 ha. I shared an image the other day of this one that I shared uh, last year. It popped up in the uh, free THC group memory and it showed, uh, I, I don't know if you know on Facebook, it can show like how many people you reach or whatever. Yeah. This one showed 2 million people. And, uh, I was like, holy shit, because that's that's just people sharing it to other people, then sharing it to other people. Therefore, you know, because we don't have two million people in our goddamn group. It's only right. three hundred thousand likes. So, you know, it's, it, I've been doing this as like a a, a, a part time game to me, you know, because and that, that's that's where I'm getting really excited because all this shit's been part time, man. Like as soon as I can get this shit full time, oh my god, I might actually make a bigger difference or whatever, because. I've already pissed off a lot of people. Now, now I've just pissed <laughs> off some more right people, you know? Yeah. But, uh, Hell yeah, uh, that's the goal, man. That's the goal. I'd love to see transition to cannabis legalization news full-time. And I love that uh, that you have a passion for writing. Um, are there any pieces uh, recently that you think folks should check out? I personally think that folks should check out if they're considering getting a flume, but by the way, shout out to Ben from flume. Thank you, Miggy for lining that up folks for back yeah. then. Miggy's the one that lined that up. And so um, I just wanted to suggest one of the articles that I read from you uh, that really sold me on the flume. Um, so that's an article, but anything else that you like? Folks yeah, no, I appreciate out? you. But like, then that's like what I do though, right? I, I try and connect people, right? I don't yeah. want nothing out of this. I just want to make cool, two cool people hang out and fucking make themselves make a bigger thing. But you know, when you Google Mickey for 20, uh, you're going to find, so cannabis legalization news, is not the page as fresh as we want it to be yet. There's a lot of background transition in the, uh, Tom contracted out too many, uh, third world, uh, coders. And now I got my, <laughs> my friend doing it. It's costing more money. But the thing is when you transfer files, it takes a long time and migration, sure. all that shit. Um, but then when you Google it, uh, I got, all kinds of articles that Sativa Online Magazine, I wrote about the patent 6630507. Uh, I've also written about um, uh, how to start a revolution. If you Google how to start a revolution, and actually go to, you know, are you familiar with issue? I-S-S-U-U? I think, yeah, I'm, I think I've heard of it, yeah. Google Miggy420 in there and you'll see all these fucking articles pop up, dude. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. And that's, cool. that, that, I love the, that, that, that magazine format, how it looks, too. Uh, Actually, you know, in the Northwest Leaf, uh, I think it was like four years ago, the Northwest Leaf was a local rag here, but they're coming out in the East Coast. There's a Rhode Island Leaf, uh, Maryland Leaf. But uh, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, before the shadow ban, before well, you can Google marijuana in uh, Facebook search, I would find all these different arrests that occurred. Yeah. And so what I would do is troll all these fucking cop pages and get everybody else to troll the cop pages. And uh, uh, 
in a Northwest Leaf magazine that you'll find on a, a, a uh, an issue. Uh, I had a little series of an article called Troll the Police, where I would just take all their images and make memes and shit and fuck with them. And uh, uh, you know what? That's uh, another reason why things kind of evolve, where you learn that the shadow ban exists. Because one day I went to go type in marijuana and arrest, and nothing popped. And I was like, yeah. you can't tell me today's the day that nobody had anything to do with weed. So and fo- uh, tell folks what kind of uh, uh, that don't understand what a shadow ban is. Tell kind of describe. Yeah. So like. You know, you can set, like, say you go to Google search, you yeah. know, actually pull up all your different search engines, Google, Yahoo, Dogpile, each one of them is going to have a different results, but say, I don't like a certain thing, you know, uh, say I'm a, cause there's not so much a shadow ban in Google's search engines, not in the search engines per se, but all in the social media formats like Instagram, yeah. Facebook. And that's where, if you were typing those searches, uh, they can say, oh, no, no, you're not going to find anything on this one. Like the shadow mm-hmm. band just takes your search and says, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, essentially, if, yeah, if you look up, uh, so if you go to facebook.com slash free THC, that'll get you on uh, the Facebook page we're talking about. But if you tried to search it up yourself, you wouldn't be able to find it. Um, Facebook has it shadow banned. So I just wanted to explain that for folks. Yeah. We were throwing around a term that they didn't understand. No, I appreciate um, it. I mean, especially when you get to 300,000, you know, here's another example of the shadow ban. I, I don't know if you saw my, uh, where I did a jokey video about, uh, I was in a, um, are you familiar with cut? Uh, uh-uh. so cuts a studio out here. Uh, they did the video, the dabbing grannies. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, I was really excited. Cause I was like, I want to get, they they really did that well. And I was like, I want to be on that with cannabis and try and represent as well, right? And I, and, I, and I did a couple of videos with them, but finally I did one video that had 30 million hits. It's uh, uh, teachers guess who's high, and uh, the first day that so like when they do the videos, that was like an eight hour photo shoot or some shit video shoot. It got edited, sliced up. It didn't premiere for like two weeks after we did all the recording. And then when you see it re- premiere, you're like, oh shit, there it is. And you're, you're watching it because you're like, this is a video I'm in. First day, dude, it had 7 million hits. And I thought, oh, this is surely going to be on the front page of YouTube's recommended. No, man, that's the shadow ban right there. It was suppressed because of the drug shit. Man, that's <laughs> fucked up. Isn't that crazy, though? Yeah, if you look it up, 30 million hits. It's demonetized. They can't fucking make any money out of it. They have to make money through uh, sponsors as far as like slapping people's names on that shit. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if after federal decriminalization um or or something to that effect if they're going to ease up on that like i don't i don't get what they're playing safe about you know other than other than that i i think they don't want to be perceived as like a host for for sales or somehow or another you know i don't, I don't know but i hope that that would be where it stops decriminalization you know I think well, I think you hit the nail on the head because Tom and I talked where it's like my goal, like if I could eventually be sponsored by something, uh like with ads or whatever on the website, dude. I don't mind saying but uh bump bump at the end of a fucking podcast. Like yeah, like like this must be to you by McDonald's, man. Like like I want a non-cannabis sponsor. So mm-hmm. for one, there's no like um you can't sway my opinion on a review or some shit. Yep. And then two. Dude, the headlines of a of a non cannabis company sponsoring a podcast or some shit, I think would be a win win for both sides, right? Like right. the press, 
uh, me a big who to do. But talking to Tom, I say, like, how come you think? And, and, and we had a discussion. He was saying mostly, it's like, first off, it's not taboo. Like most places, most political people can run on this. Most um, uh, advertisers, like goddamn Jack and Box, got the late night munchies, but they just can't come out and say weed, right? Huh. And I think he he was saying something about like it's hard for these people to like want to sponsor and commercialize because kind of like you were saying somehow by proxy they'll be looked at as uh selling it or whatever yep. where you know um are you familiar with tom segura mm-hmm. yeah so like and the reason why i brought up like why i'd want like you know say mcdonald's or something uh the your mom's podcast your mom's house podcast right yeah uh do you remember I don't know if you want, you followed them, but like two years ago, a year ago, they're about to get sponsored by McDonald's. Like they signed a million dollar contract, a million dollars. And uh, they painted their studio red. It made it look like McDonald's and shit. And uh, uh, you know, Tom Segura and his wife, they're, they're pretty raunchy people. They're pretty funny. And uh, they had this because they do, they record, uh, they review YouTube videos of all the stupid shit and make fun of it. And they had this one guy like, like he was like, fucking himself in the ass and jacking off at the same time but like with weird shit right and uh-huh. like the guy was clearly um just one of those weird new york freaks that lives in the dungeon by himself or something and uh just great material anyways mcdonald's said no we're good <laughs> right wow, we want our million dollar check back and it was like for a week i couldn't imagine having to give a million dollar check back over oh. like he's like what do they expect did they not right. watch my shows right like this is what we do <laughs> this is yeah that's that's fucking nuts. Um, did you hear about all gas, no brakes? Are you familiar with all oh gas, my God. no brakes? The dude lost all his fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's take a let's take a quick picture for Instagram, really quick for a promo image. All right, cool. I didn't want to surprise you, but yeah, oh, okay. So, fo- folks, let's give uh, the background on all gas, no brakes. So, basically, it's an awesome YouTube channel. You should check it out. Um, Andrew, who's the host of it, it's got like curly hair, always wears a, you know, oversized well, well, now, suit. Now he's cut off from it, though. Right. Cut, yeah, he. Yeah, exactly. He used to be a host that his two uh, friends that helped him produce the show are also off of it. Um, I guess he wrote a book. He did. He, he wrote the book. All gas, no breaks. Like the whole right. show is based off his concept of hitchhiking and fucking traveling the country. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. It's crazy that it's over with it. So if you haven't seen it, folks, check it out. It's really good stuff. And I guess I was reading a New York Times article on it today. And I guess the reason that they started to have, you know, tension and ultimately split was because he start they they felt like he was doing more like political content um rather than just funny like Oh my God, just wacky stuff. And so he, cause he went to the Portland protests and people really felt like that was like a, and I'm kind of paraphrasing from the article, like a boots on the ground journalism, you know, really showing what the media wasn't showing about what was going on at those protests. And yeah, they went to, uh, you know, Sturgis and they went to uh, like flat earth uh, anti-masker you know rallies and all that stuff and i guess the production company whoever he signed a contract with did, just didn't like the vibe yeah. and uh so ultimately they you know he got out of his contract and 
Um, but I, I'm happy because he's saying that they're going to be producing the content they want to produce now. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, the guy's so. funny shit, but like, and brilliant. It's crazy that because, you know, he signed a, and this is what happened to my friends who created the Weeblog. They signed a contract with some guy. They're great content creators, shitty businessmen. Like, yeah. like my, my, my guys did the code, were able to produce and get the, 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 the people, but then greed always takes over by some asshole and yep. they want more or they want something out of you more. And it's like, dude, I'm doing the fucking best I can. How do you think we got here? You know, right. that's, that's crazy. You know, he, cause he wrote that book. I think all they gave him was a van. They cut him off in his Patreon. They cut him off from his, uh, any of the revenue coming in, which is fucked up. So yeah, yeah. I mean, don't I follow him right only, now. He was only, uh, receiving like 20% of the Patreon fees. His friends were getting split another 10% or, and the company was taking away 60% of wow. The, and they confirmed those figures. Um, pretty crazy Definitely. stuff. I just wanted to bring that up because I'm a big fan of, uh, of that show. And I thought it yeah. was, you know, pretty shocking to see, but also I'm excited. Like I say, I'm excited to see what he comes up with now that he's, on his own you know really cool well, idea so yeah well they haven't had any new videos in a while and that's probably why i guess mm-hmm. yeah definitely so um okay so how did you let's go back to how you got hooked up with tom was it just that you were writing and like how did you connect with tom yeah so like tom and i met in the myspace days so it was with the writing so like and that's how i started with, with the uh the writing so and it's funny because myspace had offered there's one thing about MySpace that offered better than uh, Facebook, and that was all these uh, interactive groups. Uh, I used to involve myself in a lot of writing groups. You know, we'd have like um, uh, a theme for Thursday, and people try and write like a poem or paragraph stories and shit like that. I mean, it was a very uh, uh, involved groups, and uh, um, we critique each other and shit. And then I found a lot of my writings to be mostly about like prohibition, especially when I got out of Navy and I couldn't fucking fight find weed and uh i was like this is just you know before stranger things but you know you feel like you live in the upside down most of the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like like none of this shit makes sense why why who is this helping but um yeah man so like uh, i did the was writing there and taking my content and going to the other uh we'll call that the brickweed blog now and then um uh Tom and MySpace, it was so funny because he was going by a different name as well. He was going by his 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 pen name was Home Rogue. And I didn't right, realize right. two different guys. Like it was funny because uh when I um and dude, it was a while before I even knew that Tom was Tom and Home Rogue. I thought there were two guys for the longest time. Because <laughs> we you know we're friends on MySpace and then Facebook, of course, we all just send friends requests and sync things up there. And then um because he was he had that book with the Yerbus, uh, the United States versus Yerbus, which he sent me. Uh, that was his early advocacy was sending out these free books and kind of like creating a conversation that way. And then uh, um, we uh, didn't talk for a while. Like uh, we were working on that Facebook page. My, I, this is my second the the Facebook profile I'm using is my second one. Um, I had a Facebook page for ten years that. Uh, uh, it, 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 on it was i was friends with dennis perone um a lot of a lot of just old activists that are dead now and won't come back and uh uh it got deleted one day 
um, I think because of the cop thing or because of uh, the people who took that website that I, I sent a lot of, I don't shut the fuck up, dude. If I see a wrong, dude, I'm blasting people. I'm making fucked up memes. I'm telling you, you suck your mom's dick and shit like that, dude. I, <laughs> I have no hate and fury for anything. Like, there's just so much wrong right now. Like, you know, we get distracted by all this stupid shit. Like, the political, uh, like, I worry about Israel. No, I don't give a fuck. I worry about Mexico. I don't give a fuck. You know what I worry about is my day-to-day, my kids, my, you know, feeding them, making sure they're happy. Uh you know, just making sure in general, like my neighborhood doesn't look like shit. Like we're getting too distracted by all this shit that's on the TV and the internet. Fucking open your door and look outside. That's the important thing, you know? And, and, and with that is the uh, prohibition, man, because knowing that there are people, it's one thing when you're a minority and you know, people don't like you, you know, or whatever, don't have a reason for it. But then, you know, the cannabis angle, you're just like, this is just fucking too much. Like, like there's people who don't like you for cannabis and for being like that just just make no sense. Like what brain cells, what pathways clicking in there? There's just no. Um, so yeah, man, you just gotta keep pushing through. And uh, oh, so uh, yeah, I met Tom through MySpace. We did the uh, we were doing that Facebook group, and then it's funny or the Facebook page. When I I lost that ten year account, I used my family account, and uh, uh, I pinged Tom uh at the uh the group again and uh i think it was that time when i found out that tom and home were the same person which is like after eight years of knowing tom online but it's not like we like do socials and shit right we don't hang out and do barbecues it's just like again i've been an internet troll i'm just here in and out fucking poking at people and things and uh uh i was like dude uh yeah man i'll I'll help you uh oh after i lost the account i was like hey man uh i'm back using my main family account can you just get me back in for the admin? Cause I'm trying to rebuild the network and shit. He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, isn't home. I said something about home. He's like, that's me. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. So yeah. That's, that's how I met Tom was back in that uh, days. And then um, it was cannabis legalization. Dude, like I said, we've been using that same. And I think that's a big weight we've had together is that Facebook page with 300,000 people. It's like, you know, uh, and then the shadow ban hit. And yeah. you just see the the peaking and the shadow band hit a lot of people. It hit um our friends here, Dab Stars. They mm-hmm. got a million. They haven't peaked out. Even that shitty fucking website I used to belong to, the Brickweed, their shit peaked out. And honestly, I think a lot of the success that the traffic that uh, we get is by just constantly being active. Because I used to travel as a tech, and. Uh, part of that i'd always be like yeah check out this website check out well i'm in different states michigan montana Mm -hmm. uh or wyoming wherever the case is if i find a cannabis consumer i always try and promote my friend's stuff and uh you know there's different reasons why it has success but the shadow ban definitely is real definitely is the struggle yeah that shit sucks so when did you guys start um like having recorded conversations on cannabis legalization news when did it evolve to that yeah so uh two years ago uh it was uh uh, tom was doing the the, i think he just called it like cannabis industry lawyer he's learning seo he just broke away from the uh the firm that he was at he's uh, actually gonna start working in the cannabis industry and uh to help promote it he was doing a couple of videos and then he hit me up and was like, Hey, uh, you want to, you want to go and Google hangouts and, and talk about cannabis and whatnot. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I can give you my lunchtime on, on Wednesdays. And yeah. then, uh, 
we started with Google Hangouts. Uh, if you saw some of the old videos, uh, so bad, but also so good. And <laughs> yeah. then uh, early uh, days. Yeah. And then Google Hangouts, they took it away. Right. And, and then uh, we're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> then he just he decided to go with StreamYard. And then, uh, yeah, we just he's been slowly paying attention to the SEO stuff um on youtube and doing really good at it and whereas my other friend with the website as soon as that gets completed it's gonna be like this mega seo shit where if you just type in weed we're gonna be popping up there baby i mean it's, yeah uh, yeah I, I, I can't wait but it, everything takes time you know yep yep good things come with time my friend good That's things it, come with time well it's cool to hear uh your story and how you came to be here at uh cannabis legalization news folks um the episode with tommy chong when's it going to be available 324 325 something like that yeah well we're, we're going to record tomorrow morning at nine o'clock and, okay. and, and uh it's up to tom and lauren if they're going to do the editing Gotta chop or whatever it up and stuff. i understand yeah. well yeah. folks just stay tuned for an episode of cannabis legalization news with tommy chong i'm really excited for that i'm really excited to hear uh, specifically the question you had brought up about serving time. I didn't know that about him. And so it's going to be really interesting to hear uh, his perspective on that, his experience with that. You know, it's crazy to think that Tommy Chong, the godfather of cannabis, you know, had to serve some time, you know, it was, before. it was over a bullshit semantic because the, the bong company, his son owned shipped a bong to Pennsylvania. Mm. So something to do with like federal laws in Pennsylvania. And that's how the case became in Pennsylvania against the company. I mean, they worked really hard not to ship there. All yeah. these uh, water pipe distributors knew that. Like they knew mm-hmm. Pennsylvania was a fucked up state, but they had entrapment. And you know, the other thing is, are you familiar with the Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. Yeah. So that was Tommy Chung's cellmate. And Tommy Chung wow. inspired him to write that book. The Wolf of Wall Street it yeah. inspired him to write that book. Yeah, we, w- we wouldn't have Greed as Good as a mantra if it wasn't for Tommy Chung. Wow. That is such a good movie. I, I just have to say, folks, if you haven't seen that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, I've even got a intro um, with the scene of that movie. If you, guys, if you guys go back and listen to my podcast I did with Officer Dick Downey, or, or Mark, as uh, he's now known. Um, but yeah, great movie. Great story. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. Um, any uh anything to look forward to besides uh you know the show with Tommy Chong? You guys have a show every Sunday. What are what are the regular shows? Sunday and uh what is the other day? Every Wednesday at noon, uh uh Pacific time and every Sunday at one Pacific cool. time. Yeah. Cool. And uh you know, nothing really head up line. I mean Tommy's obviously gonna be the big one. And then uh uh I think after that one, you it's kind of like every big thing you do. Like we had Keith drop on and, and Danny Danko kind of take a minute and go, well, what are you going to do next? Right. You know, what are you yep. gonna do? I really don't know what you do after we Jesus. <laughs> hey man, I totally understand. That's, that's a big interview in and of itself. So I'm really excited to see it. And I know that folks uh, are, I'm sure folks are going to tune in because it's not every day that you see a, a good deep conversation with Tommy Chong, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, yeah. Well, hey, man, uh, thank you for coming on to the Chillinois podcast. It's it's uh, been a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you a little bit more and, and about your past. Um, yeah. Thank you. No thank you, man. For sure. All right. 
So I'm going to stop that.